supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. This is good and it is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. The testimony to which was born at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you, 
Christ is in our midst. Excuse me while I get myself organized here. I have a few little papers to shuffle about. Let's see if this works. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. If you were paying attention to the hymns or, or some of the exhortations of Father Matthew in the last few services, we are celebrating our Orthodox New Year today. The cycle of feasts of our church begins again. We finish the Ecclesiastical New Year with the Dormition of the Theotokos, the first fruits of our resurrection. And we begin the new year this coming, well today, but with the first of the major feasts of the year, which is the Nativity of the Theotokos, the beginning of the dispensation of Christ. And it seems to me that September 1st always makes more sense. When I heard first, years ago, this was the Orthodox New Year, I thought, well, that makes so much more sense. It seems like a new year, especially for a teacher. But for all of you who are parents or of all of you who are going to school, it is definitely the beginning of a new year. And it is the beginning of a new season. We can feel that there are some changes happening. January 1st, it's just dark and black, and there's no changes going on. And I guess they needed a reason for a celebration in, in that dark winter. But for us, it seems to make more sense. The, the farms and the gardens are harvesting their produce, and they're, they're getting ready to plant their next crops, their winter wheat. Um, for us, who are a little more urban, we notice that the honey crisps are in the... Honeycrisp apples are in the uh, stores, and there's pumpkin spice, everything. <laughs> but today we can celebrate this new year because it does feel like a change, a, a beginning. We can celebrate this, and it is a good time for new beginnings. As we send our kids off to school, or, or we go to school ourselves, maybe it is time for a time to change our thinking. Maybe some New Year's resolutions. This is a much better time of the year where it's still bright and sunny and it feels hopeful. In today's Gospel, Christ announces that He is the Anointed One. He has handed the prophecy of Isaiah and he, said, and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he says, Today the scripture has been fulfilled. He announces himself as the anointed one. Essentially. The actual... Uh, passage from Isaiah which we read at Vespers last night goes on even further. He says he is to comfort all those who mourn and to give to those who mourn in Zion glory and to give the oil of gladness to all of those who mourn. What stood out to me especially after hearing Father Matthew's sermon last week, where he pointed out the paradox that St. Paul taught us, that our weakness is what brings out our strength. And that we are closer to Christ in our weakness. And this gospel today on our new year points to us that the Anointed One comes to us where? 
in our weaknesses, in our trials, in our tribulations, in our infirmities, in our suffering, in our weaknesses, in our blindness, in our captivity. And he comes to set us free. It reminded me of when John the Baptist sent his disciples to Christ and asked him, Are you the expected one or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. This is the sign that Christ has come to us. He comes to us in our strengths. He didn't say, John, well, I've got an appointment with the Sadducees on Monday and the Pharisees on Tuesday and the Sanhedrin. Well, I've got them booked for the end of the week. He doesn't come to the strong of the world, but He comes to the weak. And He comes to all of us in our infirmities. This is where we can expect to meet Christ. He meets us here in the midst of all of our sorrows, in the midst of all of our troubles, in the midst of all of our challenges, whatever you want to call those. Whether they are large or whether they are small, this is where we meet Christ. Unfortunately for us, the place we are most likely to meet Christ is that place where we don't want to be We don't want to be found in our sorrows. We don't want to even admit that we have problems. In fact, much of our lives, if we admit to ourselves, are trying to achieve maximum comfort and minimum pain. And this seems logical and normal, but we seem to have this unreasonable expectation that everything in our life is going to go well. And when it doesn't, we think, oh, something's wrong. Something, I've, got to, I've got to fix this. I've got to move beyond this. I've got to get rid of this. This is not right. And yet it is in these circumstances where we meet Christ. We seek to avoid suffering of any kind. Even being put out. Even, even not getting our own way. We want everything to be lined up and good and easy. But it is in the midst of these struggles that Christ comes to us. And this is where he wants to teach us grace In this world, we will have troubles, the Lord told us. In this, in this world, you will have troubles, the Lord told us. In our attempts to fix and solve and to move around and to avoid any suffering at all, we miss the grace of God. We miss our encounters with God. I would like to read from you a couple of passages from St. Paisio's book, Man Life. St. Paisio says things, he is a, 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 a saint of the 20th century. He says things in very down-to-earth ways, sometimes a little harsh and, and, and very clear. And um, I remember um, <coughs> Father Jordan Brown said he got the opportunity to visit him. And, uh, and he asked him a question, and Elder Paisios leaned forward and just tapped him on the forehead. And I felt like when I was reading um, this book, after having read the gospel today, that the Lord was tapping me on the forehead through St. Paisios. And I'd like to share a few things. (coughs) 
The good God provides each of us with a cross to bear, analogous to the strength of each of us, not to punish us, but to enable us to climb from that cross to heaven. Because in essence, the cross is a ladder to heaven. Once we realize what a treasure we gather through the pain of our tribulations, we won't grumble and complain any longer, but will instead praise God by bearing the small cross He has granted us, thus rejoicing in this life and receiving our, our pension and our retirement bonus in the other life. Blessed is the man, he goes on, who endures tribulation here on earth. For the more he is tested in this life, the more he is helped for the other life. Because he is paying off the debt of sins. The crosses of tribulations are superior to the talents or gifts that are given to us by God. Blessed is he who not only has one, but five crosses to bear. One tribulation, even death and martyrdom, is pure gain. This is why we should say with every tribulation that comes, to our, comes our way, thank you, my God, this is what I needed for my salvation. Oh, that we would have this attitude in ourselves. You've probably read in St. James' epistle, one of the very first verses, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Have you ever stopped to think how we don't do that at all? And how, in fact, we can hardly wrap ourselves. When something comes our way that is difficult and hard, we go, yes, that is pure joy. Pure meaning nothing else. No, we instead say, what a hassle. Darn. Yeah. Paisios, Saint Paisios, reminds us that these are here for our salvation. Every trial, every pain, every suffering that we experience, big or small, is here for us to encounter Christ. If there were no pain, nor illness, nor tribulations, people would turn into wild beasts and they wouldn't approach God at all. In this life, we have sufferings because of sin and because of evil in the world. And God uses those things for our greatest benefit. A person who doesn't go through tribulation, St. Paiso says, who doesn't want to feel any pain, to suffer hardships, who doesn't want others to trouble him, to correct him, but wants to have an easy life, is out of touch with reality. When pain comes to visit a man, he goes on, it is then that he is visited by Christ. The difficulties faced each day by worldly people serve as their monastic rule, and it is by them that they are purified. Such difficulties do far more good for people than any easy worldly life which does not help them either get closer to God or to amass a heavenly reward. This is why people must accept such difficulties as gifts from God. There's so much here I want to read for you, and I, I, uh, 
I guess we'll have to, I, I'm feeling that reading is maybe not beneficial. I don't want to thump you on the head with sin paisios. But this is really echoed in all of the fathers. Elder Zacharias says, our personal cross, the cross that we experience, the one that we have right now, is shaped according to our specific need to be liberated from every form of passionate attachment. And unless we carry it, we carry our cross, we will never be able to love God, our Creator and Benefactor, with a free heart and run His course faithfully and steadily. Our crosses are the keys to our life in Christ. Our crosses unlock our salvation. The crosses that we bear, the sufferings and the challenges that we have, though some of them are the natural result of our own choices and our own sins, many just come to us because in this life we have pain. You might remember in The Princess Bride, Vincini says to the princess, Life is pain, princess. Anyone who tells you something differently is trying to sell you something. We do have the common language of pain, of suffering, one way or another. We all go through it, says Elder Sofroni. We all go through it. Why? Because God loves us. You perhaps have been around a person who seems to be so even keeled. When sufferings or hardships come into their life, they just stay the same. They have a peace about them. Perhaps those people have embraced this notion that in every circumstance of life, especially the hard ones, especially our challenges, our sufferings, our pain, our illnesses, our diseases, our inconveniences even, this is where we encounter Christ most purely. And this is where He pours out His grace to us. And it is that grace that we can sometimes feel in the presence of those who are suffering well. I'm reminded of the memory of a young woman who was a part of our parish back in the early days. Many of you knew her. Her name was Iwana Miller. And she had uh, leukemia. And she uh, wrote one of the passages or one of the uh, articles for the church newsletter. The church newsletter, the monthly. And uh, I would like to read you some excerpts from it. Because truly, Iwana was such a person who understood the things that I'm trying to share with you today. So bear with me. It's, It's long, but it's also beautiful. She wrote this when she was 20 years old. The world can consume us in its material, its entertainment, and its obligations, making us forget that we walk on a tightrope with eternity beneath us. We worry about hours and days and years, but what are these? Are they not only tiny drops in the infinite ocean of eternity? Where is our peace? The answer, of course, lies in Christ. 
Our poor souls can get squashed under the concern of the world so that we do not cry out to Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. He will always hear. Our prayers never fall on deaf ears. It seems like if we make the smallest effort to love God, He showers us with His mercy. But we do not always know the manifestations of His mercy. My prayers are often inconsistent and distracted, but even these little supplications God hears. Through the time I have been sick, prayers are my only source of true peace and patience. God has so much energy to give if we only ask for it. Cancer, although I would never wish it upon anyone, is a great blessing in my life. Although it takes its toll on my body and may make my life and may take my life, it nurtures my soul. This illness is teaching me how fleeting this life is. It also came at a time in my life when I was beginning to think that everything was in my control, and that any good in my life was a result of my own efforts. At 19, I felt pretty invincible. When I was diagnosed, I had to look mortality in the eye and ask myself, if I were taken now, what would I have to show that would be pleasing to Christ? Am I worthy of His mercy? It made me consider my soul and how much more important it is than my body. Also, seeing how quickly my health can change from wholesome and sound to lingering near death, I am learning to try and, and quote, overlook the flesh for it passes away, but to attend to the soul since it is immortal. When dark and depressing thoughts come and leave me feeling distraught, scared, sad, and lonely, the remedy that brings peace to my heart is calling on the name of Jesus, appealing to the Mother of God and the saints, and also helping ward away dark feelings. Prayer gives such a great assurance of God's mercy and love. How many times have I not turned to prayer and let gloominess settle into my soul? Why do I do that when I have such a powerful weapon at hand? The name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I only know the difference between consolation that God gives when we are humble and pray and the anxiety that results from battling our weaknesses on our own. The thought of death stings, but when I remember the loving promises Christ left us in His incarnation, death and resurrection, death is transfigured for me into a gate through which the humble and the righteous enter into the kingdom of God. God has given each of us time and wondrous creation in which to shape our souls. We must must not forget, though, how temporary this life is. Leukemia has made me more aware of this perspective. Thank God not everyone has a serious illness. But I thank God that I have been given this trial. I thank God that I have been given this trial. I am afraid that I would never have experienced God's infinite love and mercy had it not been for cancer. When I think of the whole of my 20 years of life and how quickly and vainly they have passed, What would have prevented me from living another 50 years in the same way? A whole lifetime is worthless, no matter how many years it consists of, if it is not lived as an investment in eternity. We spend so much time, energy, and resources on our bodies, we ignore the soul. Although the body is important, how much more precious the soul. Only since my body has been sorely afflicted with leukemia have I been able to discover the importance of my soul. Thank God for His incredible mercy. 
The sadness that often comes from the constant reminders of my mortality is swallowed up in Christ's victory and in my hope for His kingdom. I am thankful to have the opportunity to share any insights my illness has afforded me with anyone who reads this. Please remember me in your prayers. Love in Christ. Ioana Miller. It is sobering and humbling to see the maturity of one so young when I feel like I have just begun to learn some of these same things. We must remember that our suffering is not God's will. Evil and the freedom of men and women are allowed to run. But in, in the midst of that, in the midst of this troubling, suffering world, God uses specifically every circumstance of our lives to reach us, to knock us on the forehead and say, wake up, I am here for you in this. And it feels like so often, though we all suffer various inconveniences from the minor to the serious, we so often grumble, complain, try to get out of them rather than in the midst of them, asking Christ, what are you going to teach me through this? What grace is new to me this day? St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. One of the ways that God can use our sufferings and the grace that He can pour out to us in the midst of our sufferings is that then we are able to comfort others with the same comfort that Christ has comforted us with. And we're not to bear all of our burdens and our sufferings by ourselves. God has placed us in a community, in a church family, where we can share our burdens and as St. Paul says to the Galatians, commands us, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? But to love one another in the midst of all of our infirmities. To love one another in the midst of our own infirmities and to support and care and love in the midst of everyone else's infirmities. In this world, Jesus tells us, you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. May we on this New Year's Day make a New Year's resolution to begin the process of examining all of our sufferings, our inconveniences, all the times that we're put out, all the times that things don't go our way, and all the times that we are sick and we are suffering. All the times when we are challenged and afflicted with things great and small. May we open ourselves up to the grace and love which Christ himself is pouring out to us. Because it is in these moments 
that Christ is most tangibly and in a real way reaching out to us. And it is in these moments that we can access that grace of God for, for ourselves and also for those around us. Amen.